what in the world does Pitt do with this running back room? Five good running backs? What in the world? How do you divvy that up? We're going to talk about that on this episode of Locked On Pitt. Our Locked On Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Nick Farabaugh. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff, turn on the notification bell so you are notified whenever an episode is going to drop. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave overview. Always appreciate the feedback I can get from you out there, listeners. But folks, got a lot to talk about today in the Department of Running Backs because this is one of the most interesting aspects of this team because we talked about it all during last year, how this was a pass first team and how this team was going to pass the ball a lot. <laughs> it's not going to be that way anymore. You're going to see more of a balance. Let's still pass the ball a lot. I'm certainly, certainly confident about that. I, I do think that you're going to see a lot of though, say, two tight end sets, three tight end sets, trying to mix and match personnel in order to maybe run the football better. And I think Pat Narduzzi wants to do that too. And I think that's something that has really been driven home the more that we have heard him speak and the more we've talked about his disconnect with Mark Whipple. It has been, well, clearly there was a disconnect in terms of how much he wanted to run the ball versus how much Whipple wanted to run the ball. And so they're going to run the ball this year. And that's going to be – a big thing. But how do you work this running back room? The offensive line is something all completely different as well, right? Because the offensive line is certainly also a question. Who starts at center, right guard, right tackle, all three spots up in certain competition? That's a question. This run game has questions to it, folks. And that makes it very fun to kind of speculate what's going to be the big feature, the big pop, if you will, uh, from this kind of running game. Because I, I don't think you can necessarily 100% pin something down. The only thing I can pin down in the running game is that that left side is going to be good and that Israel Benikant is probably your starting running back. And that is the one thing I do feel confident in. Izzy is going to be the starter and probably get the bulk of the carries, but I don't think there's going to be a lead dog in this race. And I think that's key to note because Izzy is good enough to be that guy, but he also has been hurt before. He also definitely was uh, a little bit fatigued as he got more and more carries last year. Now it looks like he's better conditioned this year. And obviously the health factor is something that's huge because he did get hurt and banged up a lot last year. And so you want him to be healthy and make sure that he can be there when you need him in the critical moments of the game. But Israel Abanikanda has every single aspect to be a top-tier running back in the ACC. He's got the speed. He's got the agility. He's got the explosiveness. He's got a budding skill set as a receiver and a pass protector. He's got that real thick running back lower body, right? 
You know, when you think of elite running backs in the NFL, for example, look at some of those guys' frames. Look at a guy like, for example, look at Nick Chubb. Look at his lower body. He's got that thick frame, right? Look at a guy, obviously, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris. These are different types of guys. But even guys that are built like Izzy in a lot of ways, like the Nick Chubbs, the Dalvin Cooks, they got this type of frame that that works to their effect. And they are different styles of running backs. But they have that thick lower half that really helps them run through tackles and do different things. And so I think that's really what makes him a very special running back. But if there's two things he had to really work on, one, it was the pass protection, IDing who the most dangerous blocker was, and then two, it was catching the ball a little bit more, expanding that running back route tree a little bit. And Izzy was asked uh, earlier last week what he had improved on in his game. I'll let you tell him himself. Part of your game is different from last year. You know, you made a lot of big plays, but now you've had time to look at what you did and what you didn't do. What's going to be different that we're going to see from Izzy? I'll probably definitely say uh, receiving. Receiving though, even though I had around about like 200 yards last year, uh, receiving is definitely a better part of my game, catching the ball, focusing on the ball. And that's something that I think is really important to note. Izzy Abani Kanda is working on his catching ability. And that was something that became abundantly clear the more and more you talk to Izzy throughout this season. Is that, listen, he was like, I am going to work on my hand and I'm going to work on my versatility because I don't want to just be a two down man. I just, I don't want to just be the guy that's known for closing out games and, and being the, the door slammer, right? I don't want to be just that guy. I want to be more than that. I want to be a guy that can be split out wide. that can run a different variety of routes. What if I'm split out in the slot? Can he run a slant route? Can he run a Texas route? Can you run these different routes from different various motions and, and out of these different sets and empty sets and shotgun and maybe two running back sets? Because that certainly could be something that we see. Can you be confident in running a crisp wheel route and then making sure to be able to track the ball downfield? Certain nuances like this. These are important for Izzy to take that next step as a running back. He's already a really, really fun player because of what he brings to the table with his athletic moves. You're not going to find a lot of guys out in the street like Israel Abanikanda because he is such a special athlete, and we talked about that. But he needs to get better in the receiving game. He needs to become a more of a plus there. He can't just be catching swing passes all the time, right? Especially with the loss of Jordan Addison. And this is something I think that's a little under-talked about. When you lose Jordan Addison, Taysier Mack, and Lucas Kroll. Well, one of the ways to... Place that production isn't just through tight ends and wide receivers. It's go through your running backs. And so Izzy Abanikanda, I think, should be the unquestioned lead dog of this group. I think he has all ACC potential. I think he's got NFL running back potential. I'm a big Izzy Abanikanda fan. But you also got to work on that all-around nature to your game if you are him. You have to make sure that you are more than just a really good runner who runs, who can create explosive plays and obviously has that toughness to him that makes him more than just a track star because he came in fit and everyone was like, well, this guy's going to be a track star. And sure, he is. But also, he's more than that. He's not just a track star. He's a guy that can run you over. He's a guy that's got great contact balance. He's a guy that has that whole skill set around him 
that makes him just a little bit more dangerous because he is so tough to bring down. And that's what's going to make Izzy that much more fun to watch over this season. Going to have to stay healthy. Going to have to really work on that, that receiving game. And honestly, the pass protection, this has been the one reason he hasn't been the three-down guy just yet, but he's going to have to work on that in order to really flourish. But I want to talk about the guys behind it. What in the world do you do with the other four? How do you work out this rotation? Tough, tough job for Andre Powell and Frank Cicchetti to work on. But before we do that, I want to let you know about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including the Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information from live in-game events, sports, podcasts. They have you covered, folks. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We're discussing running backs today because it is such a tough kind of mash paper mache group. And the guys behind him, behind Israel O'Bannon Canada, you have to watch. Vincent Davis, obviously. Rodney Hammond. Sebo Flemister and Daniel Carter. It's a tough question. How do you work this out? Well, here's the thing. Let's talk about Vincent Davis, first of all. Your senior leader of the group, the guy that's probably been here the longest, the guy that knows what this thing is about, right? The guy that just knows the ins and outs of the offense. He knows what the expectation is. That's what Vincent Davis And Davis gets a lot of hard feelings from Pitt fans. I understand that. He's a lot better than you can remember. I'm telling you. He's a lot better than you give him credit for, folks. He's shifty. He's got good hands. He's a really good pass protector for being 5'8", 175. We're talking about a guy that's really stout here and that can really pass protect his quarterback. But super shifty, able to work in space, has enough speed to turn 15 yards into 25 yards. And so he's a versatile scat back piece that I think every offense doesn't have. But if you have that guy can add a lot to your room. And that's always been something I like in Vincent Davis. He's been misused. Miscast is a goal linebacker because he's tough. He's a super tough dude. He's rocked up for his size. But he's very, very, very small. And, and that does hold some weight to a degree in those goal line moments. In pass pro at times. And then, of course, running up the middle. That's not necessarily his best thing. Running in between the tackles. He can do it. It's better if he's in space, if he gets those manufactured touches, those screen plays, those quick those quick screen passes, those outside zones. Uh, those types of plays are where Vincent Davis makes his due. And I think that's what Frank Signet needs to realize. Now, Frank Signet runs a majority wide zone scheme, taking that out of the Shanahan-McVay playbook. And we've talked about this before as well. What is Frank Signet's rush, rushing offense going to look like the most? Excuse me, folks. Expect that to be more of a McVeigh Shanahan type, like a 
That is what he wants more than, say, a power type, uh, like a Matt Canada, for example, or Sean Watson. That's like that's not necessarily what he does. And so you'll see those things sprinkled in. But then you also have Rodney Hammond, who obviously had a really, really, really good season. Freshman season, I'm not sure any of us saw coming. And so he came out of nowhere. He's a tough runner. He's shifty. A great acceleration and burst. And he's a guy that is more of a pure runner right now and a pure closer. But guys just navigate. And there's a reason for that. Because he has that personality that's very straightforward. And he gets you fired up, right? He's a guy that I want to go out there and put on, my, on that shirt. He's a fun player to play for. Then you have Sebo Flemister, who you might not know a ton about because he's transferred from Notre Dame. He's a tough dude. Every film that I've watched of Sebo Flemister, it's just him being a tough dude. I mean, this guy keeps his legs churned. He lowers his shoulder. He falls for it. He gains extra, extra yards. Has decent hands, good in pass pro. He's a fun player because he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude. And I always love that about running backs. They are fearless and play with that toughness that you need for a goal linebacker, for example. I think that's where you can see him. And then you have Daniel Carter all on top of that, where he's a really fun tailback because you saw what he did in the spring. He took over the spring game on both sides of the football. He's got very good quality. He's got good hands. He can block. He's shifty for his size, certainly. But he's got a lot of positive quality. So how do you fit everyone into this cachet? I'm not quite sure, but we will talk about that. But first, I want to let you hear about Andre Powell and what he said about this running back room. Rodney Hammond, Sebo Flemister, and what he thinks this running back room could look like. Tell Rodney to work on after last season, and what's he done to improve this season? Rod, he had two things he really had to work on. First of all, in the running game, he had to work on knowing what the people around him were doing. If he knew how he targeted a play, he could better. He will find more yards. Okay, now he's talented. He can really accelerate, and sometimes he guessed and guess right, and sometimes he guessed and guessed wrong. So he's worked on that hard, and uh, he's worked on the passing game, being specifically in the right spot uh, with protection where his eyes should be. <coughs> Excuse me, and being specifically in the right spot. So if the quarterback comes to him, he he will be where he's supposed to be. Andre, Izzy told us the other day that. All the backs, those top three backs, uh, you know, Rodney, uh, Vincent, and Izzy have been kind of splitting carries evenly. Is Are you looking for someone to become a featured back, or will this year be kind of a running back by committee? Well, i tell you what. Um, you name three, there's two others. You know, because Daniel can play tailback. And uh, right now, we're just ripping guys, giving them everything. And uh, it, it, that'll work itself out. But here's what I tell you. we got five talented backs. What does Sebo bring to your room that maybe another running back doesn't have or maybe that's unique to him? Okay, so uh, obviously I'm learning Sebo. I met Sebo a couple days before you guys met Sebo. And in his defense, he didn't have any spring ball, any summer conditioning. Uh, but here's what I can tell you about Sebo in my room, in relative to my room. Uh, he's the toughest guy, hands down. He's the toughest guy. And he's a football junkie, a complete football junkie. Every time I go in my room, he's in there. He's always wanting more. 
And with that type of attitude, he's going to find a place to help this football team. And I found that Sebo Flemister answer very revealing to me. He's going to find a way to help this football team. Well, one special teams is going to be key. I imagine he will make an impact on special teams. Uh, but second of all, I think he has a chance to legitimately be the, the goal line back. I don't think people are giving Sebo Flemister enough for up because this dude has good hands. He's tough. Every time he was on that field for Notre Dame, he was falling forward and gaining positive yardage. He's not the fastest. I mean, not the most agile, most explosive, but he's tough. He gets those hard-earned yards every time, and that's what you want in a goal line back. I think Sebo Flemister ends up working into this short yardage package a little bit. I think that you get Vincent Davis in there, of course, as your scat back. I also think Izzy is the lead back, and I think he gets the most. But I also think Rodney Hammond has to be in there at some point. And why does Rodney Hammond have to be in there? Because he's been working on his receiving game. Rodney Hammond looks like a better receiver this year. He looks like a more complete back. So the key with Rodney Hammond now isn't that he's in, oh, they're going to run the football. No, he can come in now throughout the course of the game and be able to give you quality snaps outside of just running the football. He's a more all-around back with softer hands, with a more dynamic route tree, with more ability to simply do more things for an offense. And that's going to be huge for him. That was huge for his development this year, and that's going to be big for him. Daniel Carter, I think, is going to end up being like an H-backish type, where he could be almost a cert, almost like a pseudo tight end type, but he's that fullback kind of H-back type where he's versatile. He'll be the you know the lead blocker. He'll pull across and block, but he'll also get some touches out of the backfield. So I think there is a role for everyone here in some manner. Um, now, bigger roles than others, of course. I think those top three, Davis, Hammond, and Izzy, are the top three. I, I put it probably a Banny Kanda, Hammond, Davis, and then you have Flemister, who I think maybe gets that short yardage package. But I want to talk about, let's talk about maybe real numbers, and, and let's break it down. But first, folks, we're going to go to a quick break. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. So let's talk about this running back room. Let's talk about percentages, snap percentages. You have a Banny can to probably get, let's say, 50% of the snaps. I think that's fair for him. Keeps him fresh, keeps him healthy. Also, though, you're not risking it too much to the point where you lack his playmaking ability because he does have a different gear that no one else in this room has. And he has a, a completeness to him and a potential to him that also no one in this room has. Then you have Rodney Hammond. Let's say Hammond, with his new found potential, gets another quarter of those carries, which I would expect something around there to be maybe even 30% of that because he is more dynamic now and he has that ability to catch out of the backfield. Now, pass pro is going to be a big thing, but something also he has worked on. We'll see how far he's come along in pass pro. But if he's come along enough in that area, that is a huge thing. A huge thing, because that means Hammond can go, and it doesn't matter. And again, I am going to say this. I expect if Izzy Abankin gets hurt, it's Rodney Hammond who's up next. I truly believe that. I think Rodney Hammond has the talent to do it. I think he has taken the leaps needed to do it. And so I expect that. So let's say, let's put that 25 there on that. So that's 75%. Well, 
realistically, I think about 20% of the rest goes to Vincent Davis. And fans, some fans will be very upset about that. I don't get why. Vincent Davis, if used correctly in a wide zone scheme like Frank Signetti's, could be fun. I'm telling you, one cut and go, hit the cutback lane, hit the go-ahead lane, he's gone because he's got that shippiness and that quick acceleration to hit the hole and get an easy 8, 9, 10 yards. And you know he's tough, and he always falls forward. It's been one thing that you had to always admire about Vincent Davis. He was small, but the kid is tough, tough as nails. And so he is going to get a significant amount of tread still because he has that receiving ability, that shiftiness, that sure-handedness. And, and more importantly, also, he's just steady in pass protection, which is always a huge thing. You have to be steady in pass protection at what, at, no matter the level. And you look for the most all-around back. And really, when you look at it, the best all-around back right now that we saw last year was Vincent Davis in terms of the completeness. Now, I think Izzy Abanikanda might be that this year. But you can do a lot more with Vincent Davis. He just can't run between the tackles, so he can't be your lead back. But as a complimentary scat back, which is what I think you will see him used as this year, he could be legitimately very good. And that's something to keep in mind. Then the other 5%, you kind of sprinkle in Sebo Flemister. And Daniel Carr doesn't get shot out of this. Again, he's got a different role, I think, in his, his vision. Um, and I, I think that's going to be something for Daniel Carter. And he'll get his tread at fullback, that second tight end, essentially, on some snaps. So he'll have his own role. It won't necessarily be in the running back room, but if injuries arise, he can throw right in there. Um, but you look at what you have in Sebo Flemister, and I think he gets some of those goal line carries, some of those tough goal line carries because of his toughness, his frame, and his ability to fall forward and get those tough, hard-earned yards. And so that's kind of the breakdown for me. That's what I see when I look at this. It's a very, very, very interesting problem to have, but a great one to have. If you are an offense looking to transition a little bit, right, you don't necessarily have to flip this on its head. You did a lot of good things that worked last year. And, and so don't change a ton of it because Keaton Slowis can do a lot of good things. Use the play action that you know you're going to have and, and use the tough, the really good receivers that you're going to have. But also you have to get the ball into your best playmaker's hands. Some of them are here in this backfield. And so it's one of the deepest backfields probably in the country right now. And interestingly enough, you know, it's not like they, they were on a ward watch list or anything like that. And so I found this answer by Rodney Hammond when asked about something like that and some certain challenges Andre Powell was giving them. Very, very interesting. Right, you, so you guys doesn't seem to ever shy away from a challenge. What are some ways that Coach Powell has challenged you that you've seen growth in in the past camp? Uh, he challenged us. He pushed us every day. Uh, we, like nobody in our room is not on like lists, so we just do things like we don't care about being on lists, but we just do things to show them like, okay, y'all sleep now, y'all can see later. You feel me? And that's fun because that's Rodney Hammond to a T. That you can sleep now, well, you could see later. Very straightforward. Rodney Hammond has a certain edge chip on his shoulder, which also continuously just shows up in terms of how he progresses as a football player. Guy is one of the funnest players I've had around the watch and interview as well, just because of that straightforwardness that he carries with him. Um, So this is a really strong running back room. Again, it's a tough situation to be in because you wish you could play all five a significant degree. 
but obviously Israel Ben and Canada has to play the most. And then I think it's Hammond and and Vincent Davis to a degree right there, 2A, 2B, with Hammond slightly having that neck up on it. And so really, when you look at that, I see this being an asset to the team. They're going to run the ball a lot more. They're going to lean on that experienced O-line. They're going to lean on this extremely talented backfield that can do a lot of different things. And that should allow Pitt to really take a little bit of the pressure off Keen Slovis and make this offense a lot more prolific and a lot better. And that's the crux of this entire thing. Great problem to have for Pitt. Five talented running backs that I think all could play if needed. And so injuries happen to hit. I think Pitt has a ton of great depth here at the running back position. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Pat Narduzzi called an impromptu press conference. We'll talk about potentially something that he says there. We'll see if it is what I think it could be. Could it be a starting quarterback announcement? We will see. But we will talk about stuff like that. We will talk about this D-line room and who could potentially step up in Keyshawn Camp's place, where Dayon Hayes is going, and all of that. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.